Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, and I'm talking so fast because I think fast, I act fast, and I expect you guys to listen fast. Bro, the NFL is is here, man. It's two days in. Uh, have you learned anything from watching this preseason, my man? Have you learned anything? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Uh, I've learned that uh, it's going to be a pass-happy league, and, you know, we learned that last year. You know, the one thing that I do remember, uh, it, it, my good friend Brandon uh, from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, big big blue over there. Uh, the one thing that I do remember from last year's preseason, Mike, is Chris Johnson and the Tennessee Titans and the improved offensive line. Do you remember that big run that happened from Chris Johnson last year? He right. went from what, sure like did. a fourth, fifth round pick all the way up to like the the early part of the second round on that one run. You remember that? So yeah, I sure do. If, if, what, 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 you know, you've got all these things that are happening, and you want to say, wow, okay, what does that mean? But you you, you got to really taper it. you got to really taper it. Like, what did we just see a few minutes ago? Bryce Brown with a 47-yard run. Now, let me yeah, ask you oh. a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you think uh-huh. is going to be the impact of his ADP? We measure the ADP by the day. think the drafters will have on that ADP. You know, Bryce Brand, if I pull up his ADP, let's see. Uh, okay, it's not on the list. We're, there will be a bump after that 47-yard run in the preseason. Sure, sure, there will be. And should there be? No, not not at all. As a matter of fact, we can even go as far as, as deep as to the Thursday game, the very first Thursday game when Ogletree went off for Dallas. What happened yeah. since? Nothing. So, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I don't really get excited about these games. I like seeing, uh, you know, different things happen. But uh, how can you get excited when you see some of these guys doing some of these things against second-string guys? And it, I, know what, I, I know my team right now. That these four games that each team will play, they're not going to define my team right now. Uh, 347-324-5404. This is the Red versus Blue Friday Night Football Show brought to you by the good friends at ScoutFantasy.com and today's show sponsored by Lenovo. Uh, Mike, and, and I lost the Lenovo ad. They're going to fire us like this. <laughs> 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 Have I it's got the meter for me this week? I, we find, we yeah. get a sponsor like Lenovo yeah. and I lose the... I know. Can somebody find me the, a, the Lenovo uh, ad here? <laughs> Uh, there's supposed to we be like a buzzer meter here. I, I need a buzzer meter for for me. That's, that's we're we're gonna break out the buzzer meter, and I haven't even had a drink. It's working. Okay. All right. So look, uh, I, we we are gonna talk about a rotable draft that we just watched. We cannot release those results, but I do want to bring a couple of insights Damn. about that draft 
I know, Mike. I know we talked about it all week. I could not get clearance to release the Rotable Draft, but okay. we are going to talk about it tonight. Our good friend Larry Gold is going to stop by and join us. If you haven't been checking out the content at scoutfantasy.com, you really need to. Uh, the yeah, content good. has been so amazing, uh, so much and more improved than what we had done in the past. And look, it's you know when you when you when you when you when you have the resources to be able to let the guys unleash the guys on it, man, it really makes things different. And the, the content they've been putting in is absolutely fantastic. By the way, the Doctor Roto, the Daily Doctor Roto. If you haven't, if you're not reading that, you're missing out. Dr. Roto's daily blog, his rankings are, have come out, so you, you can see that, why he has, who, uh, why he has uh, Ben Roethlisberger ranked so high. You'll have to read about more in his rankings. Uh, Mike, what do you think about that? A very high ranking for Ben Roethlisberger. Do you think this guy could be like a top six, top seven quarterback in that offense? You know what? I, I, I just don't think he can, but, uh, you know, there's different possibilities out there that uh, that could make a case for it uh, because yeah. he's going to – I mean, this this whole league is uh, it's begging for uh, quarterbacks to be thrown. But I tell you what, Marcus Wheaton, Marcus Wheaton can sure help out right there. So you never know. Look, Todd Haley's offense has been improving every year uh, since the Bruce Arians departure, and it just keeps continues to ramping up. If you look at 2012. You know, 26 touchdowns, 570 attempts from the quarterback. 2013, he's up to 584 attempts, 28 touchdowns. Roethlisberger is just he's, – he's being allowed to kind of let loose a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they continue to let him do that. And it sounds like they're going to. So yeah, uh, you it, put all it those does. in there. It does, Scott. And, you know, but there's a lot of different offenses right now that are going to allow those teams to do that. Uh, just like uh, Eli Manning. Who would have thought? Eli Manning might have the attempts that he's getting ready to have. I mean, this guy's getting ready to go nuts. I mean, the, the, I mean, he's going. Rashad Jennings, he's going to have all the chances in the world. But Eli Manning, as a elite quarterback in the NFL, you're really liking Eli. Eli? Is, is he a QB one or he's your QB two? Right? Is he, he your choice for QB two? Uh, he's my choice for QB two, but by Come week six, seven, eight, he might be a QB one because oh. their offense has totally changed. I'm telling you, this is going to be totally different because Rashad Jennings is a great. I mean, he, he comes out of the backfield as a great pass receiver, and they're going to be quick, quick, quick. So you better watch Eli Manning. I'm telling you, this year, Eli Manning, watch. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're 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 somewhat uh, high on Eli Manning. We have him at. Or not not really high. I, w- I would say uh, stoned. Uh, we're at RB nineteen. Uh, I mean QB right. nineteen on Eli Manning. So we we think he is. You know he's a he's a serviceable QB two. Uh, if you if you uh, you know have an injury to one of your top guys, I think you know you may be able to give give him a shot. But man, just w- what we saw last year, just the passing was not efficient. The injury riddled team. They're going to have to get well, a lot better uh, real fast. Uh, for Eli to be, you know, a, a startable quarterback and win you a league. Not to say he can't start for your team, but is he going to win you a, your league? You know, look, it's just not uh, not something that he's um, accustomed to doing in a while. But right. you're talking about an offense that brings in Ben McAdoo from Kevin Gilbride, and there should be yep. a, a pretty big adjustment there. Every, every, everything's changed there, Scott. Everything has changed for that offense, and uh, we saw it just in a preseason game. I'm not high on preseason games, but – Justin, what I saw in that preseason game, 
they're, they're, it's real simple. Three-step drop, pass. Three-step drop, pass. And, and okay. that's what I see. All right. 450 yards for Eli Manning in week one of the NFL season. Four touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. 31 fantasy points. That was the only game Eli Manning scored over 20 points. I, you know, I'm just, I I, you, you, you need to give me some 20-point games for me to even start. I don't start care about year. last year. I, Scott, I that's what I'm trying to say. I don't care about last year. This is year. a totally different system. Yep. It's a new year. Uh, okay, by the yep. way, the 2014 Fantasy Strength of Schedule tool is out. I know you're not a big fan of the Strength of Schedule, Mike, but I know a lot of people that are. It's one of our most popular sure. tools at FF Toolbox. Uh, people like to look at it for the, the playoff stretch run, and I highly advise those of you that are playing in Roto Bowl, the World Championships, FFPC, NFFC, any of the high-stakes contests, the fantasy playoff strength of schedule can tell you a little bit of something. Like, look, I like to take a look at that, uh, especially last year. You know, there, was, there were some games there that are really telling about what's going to happen. That Philadelphia-Atlanta right. game last year, Week 16, you knew that, I, I, I sort of felt like Julio Jones was going to have a really big game in that game. You know, of course, he was injured, right? But the year before that, right. it was another Atlanta game against New Orleans. Both teams went absolutely ballistic in Week 16. You need to be looking for those things. Uh, this year, the quarterback-wide receiver tandem that's the, the, has the easiest strength of schedule in Weeks 14 through 16, where all of the money is won, is, Detroit, is the Detroit Lions. Now... Detroit Lions, if, you, if, no if you didn't need any additional incentive to consider Calvin Johnson in the first round, there you go. Uh, Matt Stafford will have an easy way of it. So it's the number one, the easiest quarterback schedule from weeks 14 to 16 is Matthew Stafford. So take that for what you will, uh, but you know it's something to consider when you're looking at it. Huh. The second easiest schedule yeah. is Buffalo. Does that make me want to go grab EJ Manuel? No, not with the way EJ Manuel looks. It looks like he can't even hit an open receiver. Miami, the third easiest schedule against uh, for quarterbacks. Miami, the Miami Dolphins. If Tannehill can stay upright, I kind of like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Mike Wallace, uh, I kind of like that. Uh, the fourth easiest schedule for wide receivers, uh, the Miami Dolphins, weeks 14 through 16. So when you're trying to break a tie. If you're if you're kind of at a coin flip situation, you know why not take a shot in these in these big leagues? The easier a, a go of it that you can make it, you know, from weeks. Now you have to get there first. You have to get there right before it even matters. But oh. if you're in a coin flip situation, why not go and check out the strength of schedule and check out you know who has those easy matchups week fourteen? I, I highly recommend taking a look at it. Now that that strength of schedule will evolve throughout the year, so it will continue to improve the more data it gets. It'll get more and more accurate. Uh, right. And I will tell you that at FF Toolbox, if you log into your FF Toolbox account, you will see some amazing new tools that we've unlocked and built. We haven't said a word about them, Mike. Not one single word, not one article, not one tweet, not one Facebook. We've just been waiting for the people to see them and check them out. They're the coolest tools wow. I think I've seen in a long, long time. Some of them have to do with defensive points against. Uh, like if you ever wanted to know the number two wide receiver matchups, the number three wide receiver matchups, the RB matchups, the tight end matchups, any kind of matchup. I always like to see the wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I like to analyze the wide receiver in depth and say, okay, you're the top, you're, you're the fifth easiest matchup against wide receivers. But how do you stack up wide receiver one, wide receiver two, especially for teams that have shut down corners? You know, like Darrell Revis, you might have really good uh, stats against uh, the wide receiver position as a whole and be very tough and stout. 
when you look at the rankings. But our tools will break it down even further for you and say wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. This is how they're doing. It's a really cool adaptation. There's a couple of other tools on there, Mike. I'll let you check them out when you get time. The heat maps, uh, the, the, the generators, there's some very cool things that I'll just let you guys discover. But check it out, fftoolbox.com. Log into your account. You'll see them on your dashboard. Matter of fact, when you draft at mockdraftnow.com, when you draft your Mock Draft World Championship team and you submit your team, you're taken right to your dashboard so you can see those tools right there, Mike. Yeah, it's pretty nice, pretty nice. Uh, I mean, everything uh, everything looks great. Uh, you guys have done a, a great job, and uh, that's preparing us for, uh, well, shoot, it's, it's August 8th, so it, I mean, the main events are coming up. So, uh, you know, that just gives us uh, more information, uh, more things to bring to the table. I highly uh, recommend you guys checking out the new uh, Rotable page, uh, rotable.com. The, the graphic design team did an excellent job, I think, getting ready to unleash Rotable to the masses. People are starting to think about fantasy and where they're going to play, and they're seeing Rotable for the very first time here uh, at scout.com. So all of the college recruiting websites, all of the NFL websites, they're seeing Rotable for the first time. The, the team just uh, nailed it. I absolutely uh, loved what they were able to do for, you know, first impressions are important. So the good design there, uh, that helps. $279 to play, $2,374 in league prizes, the largest industry, uh, largest league prizes yeah. in the industry. You guys know that. Everybody that listens to this show knows that. Uh, $50,000 grand prize, $500,000 mega prize if you win the Roto Bowl and the Mock Draft World Championship. Going to be difficult for somebody to do, but I would love to see somebody try it. And by the way, uh, thank you for everybody that's in the uh, chat room, the crew here. Some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football are in the chat room. Azuri's in the chat room. Mike, Donnie T's here. Welcome, uh, Donnie T. Wow. Oh, cracker. Rich McClellan. Henry, he has a great article, by the way, uh, interview. Five wide receivers from five winners. You need to check that article out on scoutfantasy.com. Henry Muto kicking bass. Marcel Reese. Is he going to get any carries this year? Taz, Fantasy Taz with us, and Wayne8348. That's Wayne Ellis. So thank you guys for being in Wayne the chat. Ellis. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest uh, of this evening. Actually, uh, I don't really know. This is the 631 area code. Let's see who we got. 631 area, you're on with Red versus Blue. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Larry. How's it going? Nice. Larry Gold from High Stakes and Poker Fame. What's going on, my man? Absorbing all these games. Uh, trying to check out some of these rookies. And, you know, guys, we're less than a month away from the start of the season. Couldn't be more excited. You know, drafting. Seems like some of these nights in double booking drafts. It's just that time of year. Well, Larry, you uh, have you uh, been in a couple of drafts already? I'm sure. And uh, so, what's your take on your draft so far? <laughs> uh, couples are understatement. I think I'm over 100 at this point when you factor in all these <laughs> mock drafts. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably closer to 200 if I'm going to really be honest with the numbers. Uh, you know, as I go through these. I'm still liking the back end of the draft, and I'm still liking going wide receiver early. I mean, it's still there's a lot to shake out. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of position battles still to sort of um, define themselves. But I'm still seeing value at going after wide receiver aggressively, particularly in these FFWC contests where you have to have a double flex. Uh, a lot of these young rookies that I'm that I'm liking really tend to be the running backs. Uh, Carlos Hyde looked really good last night. Uh, Christine Michael is not a rookie; it's his second year. But you know, he, you can still get a guy like him in the ninth, tenth round. And by that point, you're you're, you're rounding out your roster and you're looking at your uh, at your depth. And I think there's a lot to be had in terms of running backs late in the draft. Let's go ahead and talk about that uh, real quick, Larry Gold. Uh, I want to talk about 
Carlos Hyde and top rookie running backs here. Look, there's a lot of people that think it's going to be Bishop Sankey. Uh, just based on the opportunity, he was the number one running back drafted. Uh, but Carlos Hyde kind of fell to the Niners. And, you know, some would say they don't need the rookie running back yet. But, look, you lose Kendall Hunter, questions of Lattimore. Talk about Carlos Hyde and what you what kind of production do, do you think we can get from him? Is, I mean, look, if, if Gore goes down, we know we, we've got something good, right? But Gore hasn't went down yet, really. I mean, he's still pretty durable. If Gore goes down, I think Hyde can go in and be and be rookie of the year. There's no question about that. But we can't assume an injury. Gore really has started to fall off a little bit. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he made it through the year last year, but he is 31. He was targeted much less in, in the passing game. And you look at his last six, seven weeks of the season, he really didn't do much. He had two or three decent games. He scored a touchdown in the playoffs. But I believe from his, in the last two months, he had four or five games where he didn't even post five or six fantasy points. And, you know, Gore's, been, Gore's carried all of us to a couple of championships over the years. There's no doubt about his talent. He, he's just proved himself to be one of the more adorable backs and, you know, you know, during the fantasy era, I guess. But, you know, the 49ers drafted high with a plan. And, you know, Lattimore really hasn't worked out because of the injuries. And, you know, we saw a little bit what High can do last night. Granted, it's against maybe a second-string defensive line, but – just goes right out there and bangs out 40 yards. He showed a good burst. You know, if you sort if you see him filming a game, he made, made a nice made, made a turn around the corner on one play. And you know, I just I think there's a lot of upside there. The 49ers start with a really potentially a high scoring bunch of games. They play the Cowboys and Bears early on. They play the Eagles and Chiefs. You know, and, and Gore's touches are, have to go down. The guy you go by that old running back rule. He is 31. And he's not going to last forever, and I think Hyde can really come in and show the league something. Mike, I want to ask you this question, buddy. Uh, look, there's lots of rookies out there that are backing up starting running backs. You've got Charles Sims backing up Doug Martin. You've got uh, Rashad Jennings being backed up by Andre Williams. I mean, these are, these are good running backs that are being backed up by rookies. But let's face it, Doug Martin, a younger back, only played six games. Frank Gore played 16 games last year and, and carried the ball 276 times. So, right. yes, I understand that Carlos Hyde has uh, upside. What back doesn't? But the question is, when, when he, you know, will he get that? Do you think Gore is going to break down this year? And if you do, where are you drafting Carlos Hyde? Yeah, I, I don't think Gore is going to uh, necessarily break down this year. Uh, but you have to, you have to draft uh, Carlos Hyde, I would say, you know, in the uh, – 13th, 14th round. I mean, no, he'll never I make wait. it that far. He'll never make it that far, bro. No, yeah. no, no. What are you talking well, about? He well, was drafted in the ninth round before we saw him the other night. Larry, where are you, where's he going to get drafted? I actually here's took him right in the ninth round in the Rota Bowl on, on Wednesday night. Yeah. Go ahead. Here's Mark. what I'm saying, here's what I'm saying guys. Uh, I would wait for that – for that type of uh, guy to drop that far, because the reason is it's not going to happen. The, okay. the the position is not valuable to me right now. That running back position is not valuable. I can get me a, a running back in the first three, four rounds. I can get another running back between four and seven, and I, I'm good. Because why do you need a running back? What what's the point of a running back in the league right now? Uh, the point of a running back is to carry the ball and to catch the ball and to score touchdowns. Okay, now to carry the ball, that's out. 
To run the ball, that's out. To score touchdowns, that's out, Scott. I I, I just don't understand in, in, in the league we're looking at right now the point of a running back. Help me out, guys. You guys got to help me out. I just, I just, I just don't know what you're trying to say, Mike. Do you know what he's trying, or Larry? Do you know? Do you understand where he's coming from? What, what is he trying to say? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, know, I mean, I know the thing with, I mean, the point about Gore being durable. He, he's probably going to be, he's probably going to be the lead back for a good part of the season. But you know, when I'm drafting Hyde in the ninth, tenth round, I'm looking past the beginning of the season. By the point of the ninth round, I already have a couple of other running backs that are going to carry me through the first half of the year. The question of Gore can get through another 16-game season on the when he's about to turn 32, I think if Hyde doesn't have value out of the gate, he's going to have value down the stretch when the fantasy playoffs come. And you know, Hyde is a borderline starter out of the gate. I don't think he's going to be in my starting lineup week one in most leagues. I make right. I make for him out in a couple, but yeah. there's value down the stretch later in the season. Uh, Larry uh, Larry Gold joins us from ScoutFantasy.com. Wh- who who has more upside, Carlos Hyde or Christine Michael at this point? Oh, yeah, those are two guys that I'm heavily targeting. I, mean, I think initially out of the gate, Hyde does because Lynch. I, I trust Lynch to get through a full season yeah. at this point more than Gore. But Lynch also he had 400 touches last year, and all you hear out of Seattle is that they just love Christine Michael. He's got it all. He can catch the ball. He can run. Um, I think initially I would put more faith in Hyde. But I mean, look look at that. Look at the NFC West with all the young running backs out of that division. I mean, you have Hyde, you have Michael, you have Ellington, you have Stacy Mason. There's there's right. a lot of talent in that division. I think you know when we're talking about this, when we're having the same conversation next year, I think you could see all of those guys, you know, in the first three rounds of the drafts. Let's bring on this caller from the 716. You're on with Larry Gold on Red versus Blue. Hello, gentlemen. This is John, otherwise known as Wizard of Sport. What's going on, Wizard? How's it going tonight? I'm I'm doing good. I was wondering, is Scott is Scott in the in this um, podcast, or is he not available? Scott, Scott is here. Scott is talking to you right now, my man. What, what, what you got for us tonight? All right. Well, Scott, I, I got another question. Um, you guys helped me out so much. I took second place um, last year in my league. This year, um, I decided to set up my own league, uh, PPR. Uh, we're doing like $50 per gentleman. And my main question is, if you end up with a draft in the middle, like let's say there's 12 teams and you end up like sixth or seventh, what is your strategy? What is your first two picks in PPR? If if you you know if you miss the top, if you miss the top running backs. Are there yeah. going to be the top quarterbacks still remaining, or is this the year to go quarterback first and then wait on running backs? Because so many teams are announcing that they're going to go running back by committee. I've right. always gone running back, running back, and then quarterback, and oh. I'm kind of concerned about this season. So right, I wanted right. to get your advice on that. 
Sure. Well, look, you came to the right place, bro, and thank you for listening. Uh, Wizard has a good good question here, guys. Look, I think the average that the, the average guy that just wants to play fantasy that's trying to get some more information. You look at all the points that Peyton Manning is scoring and Drew Brees. You know, you want to get one of those guys, but. I, most of the high-stakes players here, Wizard, they, they'll tell you that's not how you win leagues. It, it doesn't matter if it's $50, $500 that you're playing for or bragging rights. You wait on your quarterback always, right? You'll have yep. the guys that take yep. a quarterback early. They'll take Breeze, Peyton, and Rodgers early. And then you'll have the middle-tier guys that say, you know what, I, I didn't want those guys, but I still got to get a Stafford, an RG3, or a Luck, and that's okay if you want that, but you're still wasting a middle pick. Then you have the guys that will take it really late and take the Cam Newton, the Rivers, the Romo, the Russell Wilson, the Jay Cutlers, and I'm talking about in the 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds. Those are the, yeah. That's the kind of guys that you want. You can win with those guys. And then my only question to you would always be, how many receivers are you starting? If you're starting three wide receivers, definitely get your wide receiver early, bro. Take it in the first round. You're, no way I'm turning down a Calvin Johnson or a Demarius or a Des Bryant or an A.J. Green in the middle, six, seven, eight range after those running backs you are know, gone. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I, I thought... I totally agree, Scott. Uh, that's a perfect range to be uh, drafting in, actually, six, seven, eight, in my opinion. Yeah, everybody everybody uh, likes you, those picks this year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would love to go at it, and uh, I would love to have that spot. You know, you, you get you a couple wide receivers real nice. Uh, you get your wide uh, running back there in the third round, Some, you know, if you want one, and uh, just go ahead and grab them and wait for the quarterback. The quarterback's going to be there in the uh, sixth, seventh, eighth round. It's going to be there for you. I mean, and that's just the, my opinion. The final thought I'll make, so and then you, I'll, uh, I'll turn if, it over to Larry. You but you can always take your – go, go ahead. You know, stuck like in that position, you recommend going wide receivers in, in you know, the first and second round and then – by the time I get to the third round, not much is going to be left as far as running back. I, I, that's the way I'm looking at it. Like Larry, I know Larry, I go, ahead the, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I know I can the get the quarterback. There with the back. He, he needs a yeah. running back. Go ahead. Yeah, Wizard. I mean, I, I would echo exactly what what Scott and and Mike had, had, had said. Um, there's going to be a lot of receivers that. I mean, if you if you, if your league is starting two quarterbacks. That's a different conversation. It's my understanding that you're only starting one quarterback. If you're in the six, seven, eight, you're completely in the sweet spot of the first round where you can get a receiver, and then you have flexibility in the second round. If one of the second-tier running backs fall to you, you can grab a, you can grab a, a running back. Or you, if there's another top receiver out there, you can still that's true. grab a that's receiver. True. Absolutely. And in the yeah, third round, that's... you're still going to have top-tier talent at receiver and running back still there, whereas – your quarterbacks, if you wait until the ninth and tenth round, there's still going to be a handful of guys that are going to be more than serviceable as a starter. That's that, that, that's very true. Um, you would love to have a uh, Wes Welker uh, faulty in the uh, fourth round, and uh, but still be able to get a Reggie Bush in the third round. So, well, and well, the final gentlemen, final thought I just was wanted it. to say thank you and good luck in your seasons. I'm still going to hang out and listen. Uh, this is my second year calling in, and um, I do follow you guys on Twitter, and I, di- I do plan on purchasing uh, the draft kit um, off the site as soon as uh, I-, I know when our draft date is going to be set and everything is-, is-, is lined up. All right, Wizard. Thank you for calling, my man. Yeah, you know what, Wizard? Thanks, you bring up a good point. A lot of people want to know if you do wait on the running backs. I mean, look. 
Will you feel good about taking uh, a Reggie Bush in the fourth or fifth? I've seen Doug Martin fall to the fifth. Toby Gerhardt's there. Ray Rice is there, who might miss a little yeah. bit of time, but you know he's still Ray Rice. Joyce Bell can put up points in PPR leagues. There's tons of running backs. Trent Richardson just may, you know, he looked actually pretty good. I'm I'm worried about the offensive lineman Donald Thomas getting injured for the year, but he looked pretty good uh, on the on the limited action. And then you got guys like Pierre Thomas that are going to catch balls. Rashad Jennings, he's totally undervalued. So. Fire away yes, at those wide receivers. Maybe get you a Jimmy Graham or a Rob Gronkowski something or Julius Thomas something there early. Get a stud at that position, a couple stud wide receivers, and then take your running backs. Henry Muto won last year, had a great season, not taking a running back until late in the draft. You know, he, I think he went first four rounds wide yeah. receivers or something like that. So definitely, definitely good caller, good caller. Larry, let's move on, man. Uh, I want to I get your thoughts on Travis Kels. Last night, uh, the big play – and this is a kid that if you play Dynasty, you, you drafted him in your Dynasty League last year after the big tight ends were gone, after the after Tyler Eifert uh, and uh, um, Zach Ertz. You know, some of these guys were, were taken in your in your Dynasty rookie draft. And then you grabbed Tra- Travis Kelce and was hoping for a big year because he flashed really well in training camp and at the Combine. And he was a good good prospect coming out. And everybody started talking about it, and the buzz was there. Then it just it really flattened out, and he, had, he was injured pretty much last year. But if you saw the highlights that I did last night, I mean, the speed he flashed, he looked like, okay. And Kansas City's a little bit devoid of offensive talent there. What do you think about Travis Kelce? I mean, you just pretty much nailed it right there. I mean, he's a big boy. He's 6'6", 260. And if you, if you guys out there YouTube some of his highlights when he was at Cincinnati in college – you're going to be you're going to be blown away that you can get this guy in the 18th, 17th round. Although after last night, probably he's right. probably going to go right. around right. there. Um, but he's in his second year. You know, Kansas City is an interesting team this year. Obviously, Jamal Charles is the focus of the offense, but you know, McCluster is gone. Avery is not that much. Bo is kind of hit or miss. I mean, he can be spectacular at times, and then he's just then he's just nothing. But he he, he figures to be the number one option. And there's nothing real, there's nothing else. And you know, this league is moving towards dominant tight ends and you know, Kels is six six, and you saw the speed that he's capable of possessing last night. And he, you can get him as your tight end number three late in the draft. I mean, what's not what's not to like? Yeah, Mike, I'm going to ask you the same thing. Uh, we didn't bump him up much at FF Toolbox. We had him ranked. Uh, we moved him up one spot after the game because it ain't. It is a preseason game. It's just one play in the preseason. So. We're not moving right. anybody more than one spot based on one play. That's just the way we – I gave him another touchdown in the, at the end of the year. I said, you know what, okay, I'm going to give him an extra touchdown from that one play. What, what do you think, Mike? You know, I, I, I think that sounds right. The opportunity to catch the ball, the opportunity to be in, in the mix uh, means so much. And uh, so, you know, I, I think uh, that bump is uh, – that, that's a fair bump. But, All right, let me, uh, give, let me give you some names. Me. Let me give you some names. Uh Travis Kels or Jace Amaro, Larry. Uh, Kels. Ooh. I like them all. Okay. I like Travis them all. Kels or Antonio Gates, Larry. Well, that's close. Um, as a tight end number three, I'm probably going to go with Kels because of the upside. If I'm drafting Gates, I, he's, I know what I'm getting out of him. I'm going to be looking to get a more of a more of a short tight end earlier in the draft. Great. Totally okay. totally agree there. Travis Kels or Levine Toilolo, Mike. Yeah, same. You say Kels. You say Kels too, huh? Yep. I, I think you guys should. Okay, Travis Kels or Tyler Eifert. Ooh, Eifert. No, that's easy. 
That's easy, Eifert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, you easy. guys, you guys bumped up against you. We have Tyler Eifert ranked number twenty. You you just you just took put Kels above Toilolo, Amaro, Gates. What about Jermaine Gresham? Kel. Larry. He, got, Kel? he Kel. goes down to me. Okay, so you guys have you guys have yeah. Kels right about t- tight end twenty one. If you if you're thinking about our rankings, I mean you know that's that about, about where right. he is. That's, that's so that's a tight end too. Right before the, the the end of the tight end twos are drying up. So yeah, right. that's interesting. You know, I don't remember anybody saying his name before that one play. So, Mike Trent, don't you dare tell me one play didn't influence your opinion, bro, because you haven't said the word Travis Kelce ever, ever, bro, ever. Um, by the way, I think one of the undervalued guys, I want to get your opinion on some undervalued guys tonight. I think that's what guys that nobody is talking about, anybody that nobody is talking about that they should be or at least keeping on their radar. One of those guys that I think nobody's talking about is Jared Cook. That's a tight end that I that I look at. Mm. Nobody's talking about. Mm. Nobody's saying a word about. And there was some really good chemistry with he and Bradford last year, heading into the season before the preseason, in the camps before uh, Bradford went down. So I'm thinking, look, if if Jared Cook could catch 51 balls, the best in his career last year, with that hodgepodge of of, of quarterbacks they had in St. Louis last year, what do you think he could do with Bradford? I mean, he could be he could be a 60, 65 catch guy and an eight, eight touchdown guy. I mean, literally, Jared Cook looks like he's going to get a pretty good opportunity. I know you like Tavon Austin in St. Louis, Larry, but I, I just think Jared Cook's got a pretty good opportunity here. You know, I've, I've always liked Cook, especially when he was back in Tennessee. But I feel like the years that I drafted him, he he hasn't lived up to expectations. I mean, if we remember last year, he came out gangbusters against the Cardinals. He had two touchdowns and a ton of yards in the first game, and then he practically did nothing the rest of the year. I mean, I, I understand the talent. Uh, I mean, the Rams want to run first. Um, they are void of real receiving weapons other than what Tavon Austin might be or Kenny Britt. But I think we know what Cook is, and there's so many other guys at tight end. I mean, we just we just rattled off a bunch. You know, Eifert and you got the Heap Millers and Bennett, all those guys in the in the in the tight end two range that Cook falls within. He he just doesn't excite me as much as the other guys. You know, I'd rather have like Ladarius Green, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you on Ladarius Green. But, Mike, Jared Cook had his best year of his career last year with a bunch of nobodies at quarterback. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll love uh, Jared Cook for forever, but uh, I believe there's somebody else that's waiting in the wings there in uh, at St. Louis. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, just, I, I'm hanging on to Jared Cook for a little bit because I think he could make some uh, – you know, he, he he can make a difference there, but uh, there there are a lot of different possibilities. Uh, like, like, I mean, like Ladarius Green. I mean, give me a break. I mean, this guy is, uh, I mean, this guy's great. So, well, but again, but, we're talking uh, about undervalued guys. I want to talk about undervalued guys, guys that nobody's talking about. Everybody's talking about Ladarius Green. His value's through the roof, and he hasn't done anything yet. So he's the opposite of what I'm looking for. I'm looking well, for undervalued. Well, uh, Larry, give 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 okay, me an undervalued. Okay, okay. Well, undervalued guy. That that was our undervalued guy a year ago. So and he was undervalued and never made it. So right. Yeah, I mean, I would take like a Dwayne Allen or a Delaney Walker or an Eifert. I think that's where Cook falls. He falls within that range. And you know, Cook is. I think he's coming up in his fifth year or so. I'd I'd rather take a shot on these year two and year three guys that that are showing the potential and haven't done it yet. Whereas Cook. I mean, he, he he should get 50 to 60 receptions, and he should be a serviceable tight end too, but I don't think he's got the chance to blossom into a tight end one overnight, whereas the other guys have that upside. Gotcha. I, I, I agree. 
Larry, let's let's keep talking about what we're seeing in this year's uh, preseason. There was a complete offensive explosion in that game against uh, the Cincinnati KC game. What do you make of a game like that that scores 41-39 in the preseason? I mean, obviously, there wasn't a lot of defense going on. Yeah, I actually watched that game today uh, while I was drafting. Um, and the couch play was, was spectacular. But you know, A.J. Green came out, caught a long pass from, from Dalton right away. Those guys are fine. Charles looked fine. Um, but a lot of those touchdowns were special teams touchdowns. You had DeAnthony Thomas, which is just like a rocket when he gets the ball yep. so fast. Yep. And there was a bunch of interceptions returned. So I, I wouldn't read much into it. I think Kansas City might be playing a lot of high-scoring games this year, and I wasn't really thinking about that a couple weeks ago. But their defense started terrific last year. They really weren't much down the stretch. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on Kansas City to score points, which is why, you know, Kelsch is more is more interesting. But um, I wouldn't read too much into the score. Uh, you know, some 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 games just kind of go that way, and the game flow just brings you to an 80-point total. And others, you know, everyone's just trying to go three and out and get out without any injuries. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't read much into the score. Mike, we are, we're watching the uh, Minnesota Vikings take on the Oakland Raiders. Corderell Patterson, three catches, 38 yards. Matt Castle comes Hockey. in, looks very sharp, five for six for 62 Bridgewater, uh, three for eight, 24 yards with the backup wide receivers. But then again, I don't know any single backup for Minnesota, so it's not like you're giving him the tools to do anything with. What do you, what do you think of right. uh, Matt Castle uh, looking pretty sharp uh, against the starters? I don't think that means much. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't draft him. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater by week, uh, you know, I've said this on the show um, over and over again, by week four or five, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be your starter. Uh, Matt Castle, he has a lot of tools. A lot, I mean, he's going to be a leader for Teddy Bridgewater. But Teddy Bridgewater is a guy in Minnesota. Uh, Larry, let's move on to the next game. Philadelphia and Chicago, our boy Jay Cutler looking sharp. 9 of 13, 85 yards and a touchdown. They kind of left him out there a little longer than I would, especially Jay Cutler's not the guy you want to get uh, too much work in the preseason. Just let that guy sit down. You know, don't don't risk getting him hurt because you know if that happens, the Bears are are done with Jordan Palmer behind him. What do you, what do you think of uh, that, that game? Jay Cutler, Nick Foles. Nick Foles not looking good. I, I would have been more than happy if Jay Cutler did not play tonight because I believe I have him on 99.9% of my roster so far, and I do not want him to get hurt in preseason. But um, he's solid. I mean, their their offenses, they're going to be a, a well-oiled machine. You have Jeffrey and Marshall and Bennett and Forte. And, uh, exactly. Sky's, sky's the limit for that offense. As far as Philadelphia, I, I think there's some question with, with Foles because he's got some new pieces that he's got to work with. He's He's got Sproles. He has to get his timing down with him. Macklin, he hasn't played with for a year. They want to get Jordan Matthews into the mix. You know, Ertz is now coming into his second year. So, I mean, I, th- I think Foles needs the reps more than more than Cutler does. But, again, I wouldn't read much into it. I mean, Chip Kelly, Philadelphia is a solid team this year. Um, and, you know, they may not come out like gangbusters, but once they get the timing down with some of the new pieces, they're going to be fine. Uh, I do want to bring your attention to uh, the the tight end, Zach Miller, his second touchdown catch of the night. He's at six for catches, 68 yards, and two touchdowns on six targets. This is the Zach Miller that spent three years in Jacksonville, uh, and now he's a a Chicago Bear catching uh, a a lot of work here. Yeah, just just for that, Scott, I want want to touch on the fact that uh, I had a friend of mine that – Talked about last year's uh, team that he had, and he had, I don't know how he had them, but he had uh, 
Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, and Matt Forte all on the team, and his quarterback ended up being Jay Cutler, and he had a pretty good year. And I said, man, how'd you do that with all them Bears? And he said, they just spread it out. So, uh, you know, just something to think about, you know, because I've been one of the people that uh, I I don't like to have same guys from the same team on my team. But, uh, you know, when when you look back at it, and I did the the research, and uh, Jeffrey and uh, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, it was – Pretty solid. Uh, I also want to bring up. Uh, let's move. Let's move back to the New York Giants because there's a tweet that just really has me. Uh, I, I got to get some feedback in the chat room, and I need the feedback from Larry here. There was a tweet uh, just the other day, or late earlier this morning, at 21 hours ago, actually. This was after midnight, and somebody started analyzing uh, the difference between Evan Silva's rankings from Roto World and FF Toolbox. And they said that Ruben Randall, FF Toolbox has Ruben Randall ranked the 40th best wide receiver. Evan Silva has Ruben Randall as top 50 overall. Not just wide receivers, overall. Which side are you on? Ruben Randall top 40 wide receiver or Ruben Randall top 50 overall? Larry, I'll throw that one to you. Uh, definitely top, top 40 wide receiver. I actually have a piece I'm working on right now which compares – Three, what I consider to be um, wide receiver fours in uh, Tavon Austin, DeAndre Hopkins, and Ruben Randall. Uh, it's, and uh, and uh, I know Mike likes likes the Giants this year and Eli Manning. I have a, with all the excitement and a lot of these offenses in the league, I have a very difficult time wrapping my arms around the Giants this year. You know, Jennings looks solid. He's going to catch a lot of balls in the West Coast Coast offense, and Andre Williams looks very very solid to say the least. But we've had Eli Manning look look pretty bad for two years now. And now you got to give him a new system. I, I'm not buying it. And, and Cruz is still the number one option. Nick scored three touchdowns in the last two years, and now all of a sudden Ruben Randall is just going to go in and just be a dominant wide receiver. He's okay. He just doesn't excite me. And top top 50 overall, no way. Top 40 wide receiver, yeah, he's probably like a wide receiver three or four. Mike, go ahead. Uh, I, you know, I, I... – I agree and disagree at the same time, Larry. I, I really believe that uh, this guy and this offense is going to work, um, just based on what I saw on one game. But uh, you know, it's just a lot of things. Of uh, Eli looks, uh, he looks comfortable about doing that and just making a quick jump and passing the ball, and it, it just looks comfortable for everybody involved. Uh, you know, so I, I just. I see a lot of six, seven-yard receptions, but I see a lot of 10 reception, 11, 12, 13 reception games. Wow. Let's move on to uh, over to the Atlanta Falcons. They're taking on the Miami Dolphins tonight, 16-10 to 10 with 8.54 to go in the third quarter. I'm sorry, fourth quarter. Uh, Devontae Freeman is getting a shot at some work. 10 carries, 50 yeah. yards. Are you wa- anybody watching Hard Knocks on HBO yet? Yes. Nobody. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I've I've been uh, I've I've watched that first one. Uh, I'm I'm I've, I I always get sucked into Hard Knocks. Always. I always get sucked in, and I have to watch it. I got a DVR. I, sometimes I fall asleep, and it you know I don't get through it, but I definitely do make a point. Something about that show is making me uh, up Roddy White on my draft board. 
And also, it's huh. you know, look, Stephen Jackson, I, I, they, he's like, okay, they really, they really think a lot of Stephen Jackson on this in this coaching staff, and they treat him kind of like you know royalty there. So interesting to to think um, if Stephen Jackson were to stay healthy, does he have anything left in the tank, Larry? You know, Atlanta should be better this year. I mean, last year was was a lost year. Uh, you know, there's already talk about Freeman having trouble with pass protection. There's no way they want Matt Ryan to get hurt. So I think everyone got a little too excited about Freeman early on. Steven Jackson, he should have a little bit more left in the tank because he didn't really play much last year. Right. Uh, if, if I draft Jackson, which I really am trying to avoid, I'm definitely trying right. to get Freeman right. to back him up. But I'm not really going crazy with the running back situation in Atlanta. I mean, it's going to be Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Roddy White. Roddy White is a bargain in the fourth round. Julio Jones has incredible upside to be the second-best wide receiver in football this year if he can stay healthy, and Matt Ryan is one of the best quarterbacks for fantasy. So that team is going to want to pass all day long. So do you think that uh, taking uh, Matt Ryan in the fourth round is – Oh, no, no, no. I think Roddy White's a terrific value in the fourth round. Matt Ryan – I, I grabbed Matt Ryan, I believe, in the tenth round in the Rota Bowl the other yeah. night, and okay. Okay. he was like okay. the tenth quarterback off the board, and I thought that was incredible value. Yeah. By okay. the way, I got perfect. You, you have to make up your mind in that Roddy White area uh, after Garcon is off the board. Keenan Allen, Victor Cruz, Roddy White range. Uh, you're, you're talking about those guys in that discussion, and and I think you put T.Y. Hilton in there. By the way, T.Y. Hilton looked absolutely fantastic. There's nobody that can keep up with this kid, bro. Nobody can keep up with him uh, on slants, on you know, it just uh, over the middles. This guy, I love his routes, and it just seems like he's three, four steps off the, from the from the defender. So I think Luck's going to hit him a bunch this year, just an absolute bunch. Yeah. Uh, you got to consider T.Y. Hilton, Roddy White kind of combo there. It, Great combination of, of wide receivers. If you do go running back early, you know, and you get an Eddie Lacy or something, or, you know, a DeMarco Murray, you know, Roddy White in the third, T.Y. Hilton in the fourth, I think you'll be sitting pretty. I really I really do. Let's talk about another guy that uh, I'm, I'm watching him from the high-stakes players, and I have a unique advantage to kind of watch drafts, right? And uh, one of the guys that I continue to not maybe not give enough credit to is Kendall Wright. Let's talk huh. about some Kendall Wright because this is a guy uh, that I'm watching high stakes players and maybe and maybe and Wayne Ellis is in the chat room he can probably verify this better than I can but I'm seeing Kendall Wright go higher than I would normally draft him just because I don't see the the big touchdown potential from a guy like that I always like my my guys to have some real big touchdown upside like Emmanuel Sanders you know under in a Peyton Manning offense the guy could score ten or twelve touchdowns it wouldn't surprise me to see that happen. Uh, Marquez Colston, probably not as much this year. Jeremy Macklin in that offense probably could be able to do that. But a Kendall Wright, when you're taking Kendall Wright, he just – look, he's never been a big touchdown guy. Larry, does that bother you at all? But, you know, he's a 90-catch guy. No, I mean, the volume is definitely there. I mean, he's, he's teamed with Justin Hunter. I think the concern there is, you know, what's the situation at running back? Is Sankey going to be all that everyone thinks he's going to be? And what are we going to get out of Locker? I mean, Locker is still a question mark. He, they're, they're, now they're going to put him in a new offense. You know, right, right is solid in terms of the volume, but like you said, he's he's not going to get the touchdown. So maybe his upside is capped compared to, you know, there's, there's more exciting guys that are going there. You know, uh, yeah. you know, a Macklin, for example, Edelman, uh, Torrey Smith, you know, Deshaun Jackson. That that those are the group of guys that's right 
that right is falling with. And, you know, I haven't really gone out of my way to target him. Just like Scott said, he's going a little bit earlier than what my comfort zone with him would be. Yeah, uh, you know, I totally agree with that. I mean, he's not going to uh, he's not gonna explode off the charts. I mean, he, he might have the same type of year that he had last year, but I don't see, I don't see him exploding off the charts. All right, let's uh, thank our sponsors tonight. Fantasy Football World Championships, Rotobowl.com, Play FFWC. There are $35 drafts going off at 10 o'clock tonight. You could still get in. PlayFFWC.com, $35 scout draft only league. It's a draft only league, 24 rounds. You don't have to worry about waivers. You don't have to worry about lineups. You draft it, you set it, you forget it. Uh, those leagues are going off at 10 o'clock tonight. Let's play a little bit of yes, please, or uh, no thanks, right? Isn't that right? Yes, please, and no thanks. Uh, Larry, I'm yes, going to give you uh, give you a guy uh, that we're going to we're going to I'm going to ask you if you would take him uh, at a certain draft slot. Yes, please, no thanks, and I'll, I'll ask you to briefly explain. Here we go. Josh Gordon in the ninth round. Yes, please, or no thanks. No thanks. Uh, if you'd said 11th to 12th round, I'd say absolutely. Double high five, yes, yes, please. Ninth round, I'm still filling out my roster, and it's just too much of an uncertainty at this point. No thanks. Mike? Uh, no thanks. Absolutely no thanks at all. I, I don't want no part of it. All right, let's go on to the receiver that we saw catch a touchdown uh, tonight in his rookie debut, Kelvin Benjamin. I think you might see a lot more of that in the preseason, actually, uh, Larry. In the tenth round... Kelvin Benjamin, yes, please, or no thanks? Yeah, against my better judgment with rookie wide receivers, which I just try to avoid like the plague, Kelvin Benjamin, I say yes, please, too, just because if Cam Newton's going back throwing the ball, if he's not looking at Olsen, he's going to be looking at Benjamin. The guy catches everything, and he's just jumping into the most perfect situation for him to just put up numbers that are worthy of a round 10 pick. Yes, please. Mike? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, I, I don't want I don't want a part of it. Uh, you know, I, I thought Carolina had a really good year last year, and they really made things happen with uh, Cam Newton and things that were going on. But until they get a running game, I don't want any part of him. I want to bring up. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of questioning whether or not I would take him there, so I, I will go ahead and say uh, no, thanks. Uh, because of other options that I'm seeing in the 10th round, guys that I could automatically plug into my lineup every single week, Charles Clay, Martellus Bennett. I wouldn't have any issue with taking a guy like that. Let's look at the guy that we saw last night make his debut for the Baltimore Ravens, Larry, Steve Smith. Actually looked a little bit better than I thought he would. Uh, and in the Baltimore colors, it kind of seems right. It's Steve Smith Sr. now on the back of that jersey. It's almost like, okay, he's, he's, he's growing up. He's a daddy now. Uh, Steve Smith Sr. in the 10th round. Yes, please, or no thanks? Yeah, I mean, no thanks. I mean, I'm, you know, Flacco's going to be looking to guys that he's worked with before. He's, he has Torrey Smith. He has Jones. He has, he has Dennis Pitta. You know, they still have Rice and Pierce to catch some balls. They want to run a lot of balls, pass a lot of little screens to those guys in Kubiak's system. You know, Steve Smith, to me, was very three years ago. He's going to have an occasional game where he puts up maybe a touchdown and 15 fantasy points, but he's a guy that I'll never know whether to put in my lineup or not, and I just I don't want to deal with the decision week to week. Mike, no call thanks. me crazy. It would not surprise me if Steve Smith outscored Torrey Smith. 
Uh, well, I might call you crazy. <laughs> well, I have before, but uh, no, uh, yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't do uh, Steve Smith. But uh, is he roster? Can, can you? Can I carry him on my roster? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. For uh, draft, you know, draft only. Week when, draft only for sure. Draft only for sure. Uh, let, uh, let's talk. I'm not. No, because Flacco let's, don't throw the ball. Flacco don't throw the ball to Smith once. It's not going to happen. This week we heard it. some rumors surface uh, about D'Angelo Williams being traded to the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's let's talk about him, Larry, in the twelfth round. Uh, D'Angelo Williams in a draft only. Yes, please. No thanks. In the twelfth round, I can, I, I can see it being okay. He's not typically a guy that I like to go after. I mean. If, if he's traded to Denver, I would be much more interested in him because, you know, if Ball stumbles in any way, all of a sudden DeAndre Williams is going to be plugged in to, you know, to be the savior. But in Carolina, I, I think we've seen the best of him. And there's still other guys there. And Stewart's probably going to come back at some point. Tolbert gets the goal on, goal on carries. You're probably going to see a little bit more from Barner this year. You know, if I'm really, really desperate at running back and I've really neglected the position when I get to the 12th round, I might take a shot on him, but I probably would rather take a guy like Marino. Mike, we're going to turn it to you now. We're yeah. going to move to another player in the game because we're running short on time here. We just saw Mark Ingram score a touchdown for the New Orleans Saints, so let's throw his name out here and get it going. Uh, he's going awfully late. Uh, just the most recent Roto Bowl, he, he went in the 15th round as running back 57. So let's, let's bump him up a little bit. Uh, Mark Ingram in the 13th round. Yes, please, or no thanks? Uh, yes, please. Sure. Okay. A- absolutely. Absolutely. The reason I say that is because that offense, uh, you know, uh, it's solid. I mean, they, it's explosive and a lot of defenses, they'll lock down on the receivers. So, uh, Ingram, he tends to be the type of guy that just comes out of the backfield and there's just Drew Brees to throw it to him and, uh, he, he'll, he'll garner, uh, 25, 30 points every once in a while. He's caught a total of 24 balls in three years, uh, Larry. Yes, please, or no thanks on Mark Ingram? I'm saying yes, pretty ple- pretty pleased with uh, Sugar on top because I've gotten wow. pretty much yep. all of my leagues. But one of the things I've done is I've actually, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I go receiver heavy early and then I just pluck running backs. One of the things I've done on some teams is I've actually taken Keery and Ingram and just kind of cornered the market on the running backs because I'm not really believing – Pierre Thomas this year. I saw a really steep fall off down the stretch last year, but he's going to be the third down back that's going to catch the balls. Someone's going to run, and chances are two running backs, one of them is going to get hurt. I want to really have that running back position on that team. You know, what, was more impressive, really, what was more impressive last year, Larry? The one touchdown that he scored or the seven receptions? I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm well, just no, not I mean, Ingram's not, Ingram's not a reception guy, but he just, I mean, if you watched him tonight, he seemed like he had a little bit of a burst. He didn't look that bad in the playoffs last year. He showed. He finally showed what he's capable of doing in that one Cowboy game last year. And let's face it, you know the Saints want to pass the ball. They want to pass the ball a lot, but Sproles is gone, Lance Moore is gone, yep. and those are yep. two guys that are you know not the you know the one and two. You have the Colston. You have. You, I mean, you have the Graham. But then there's that next checkdown option that Breeze always looks for, and they may try to sprinkle in a little bit of Ingram and a little bit of Carey to that type of play calling. Yep. Okay. All right. Ingram, Ingram, Ingram has a nose for the end zone too. 
Okay, last yes please or no thanks. I really like this game. This this kind of, this game's kind of catching on for me. Uh, you're in the draft. You're you're sitting there. You've taken some wide receivers. You have a running back and two wide receivers, and then you're in the middle of the fourth round, and you're sitting there with Corderell Patterson, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kendall Wright still there. What do you do, Larry? <laughs> Uh, assuming that my third round pick was not Michael Floyd, I would probably go with Larry Fitzgerald, but I would say Cordell Patterson is very, very close second. Uh, I'm not ready to give up on Fitzgerald yet. He was hampered by a hamstring all of last year. He still was able to put up the numbers, and now he's going in the, he's going in the fourth round. I'll take Fitzgerald as my wide receiver three any day. Mike? No problem. Cordell, give me, give me Patterson all day long. This guy really blossomed, especially the last uh, six weeks of the year last year. I mean, he blossomed big time. I will take this guy all day long. I don't think I could in good conscience let Larry Fitzgerald go past wide receiver 20. It's almost like, you know, fifth-round quarterbacks. I couldn't couldn't do it. Larry, I know you have to go to a draft. Go prep, man. Thank you for being here tonight. You got it. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Thanks, man. Oh, it's nice to have the expert in the house. I can, Mike, I can, I can do it, Scott. That that would be, uh, you know, that that's a good conversation. Uh, Corderell and uh, versus uh, Larry Fitz. I mean, no, I don't know, man. I I can't turn down Larry Fitzgerald. Not there. Look, he even in a bad year last year, eighty-two catches, nine hundred fifty yards, and ten touchdowns. Uh, that that that's very respectable for a bad year. And look, I know that. Michael Floyd had more yards. We're predicting Michael Floyd to kind of take over that role. Uh, but, look, there can be what, – what if an injury happens to Michael Floyd and then Larry Fitzgerald's stock even goes up? So, you know, there's nothing wrong with Larry Fitzgerald in the fourth. If he's there in the fourth and Floyd and Hilton are both gone, I like Hilton just a little bit more. Uh, call me yeah. crazy. Call um, me crazy. No, I don't. I don't. I like Hilton. I, I like Hilton a little bit more than Larry Fitzgerald. But uh, I think somebody's going to get a steal with, with a, a really good Larry Fitzgerald. That means – that means that Carson Palmer should have a pretty decent year this year, to be honest with that's you. What, that's what I'm thinking about. And Carson Palmer, uh, he might be your guy, your eighth, ninth, tenth round draft slot at quarterback and say, hey, I'll, I'll take this guy and end up garnering a bunch of points. Yep. All right, guys, that's all we have time for tonight. Thank you for being here. Uh, remember, playffwc.com is the game lobby. Check it out. $35 leagues going, and from now on, until the rest of the until the start of the season, there will be a Roto Bowl drafting every single night. Football is here, Mike. I know all of our drafts are coming up. You've got that some good, big bro. drafts coming up. Uh, you have yep. you put your Roto Bowl on the schedule yet? I don't I don't know. Have you done that yet? No, I haven't. I need to do that. Uh, I'll do that tomorrow, man. Uh, I want I won't be able to be in Vegas, but I'll do it online. Absolutely, that's the that's the beauty of Roto Bowl. All right, gang. Thank you for being here. Check out everything that's going on at ScoutFantasy.com. I highly encourage uh, you to check it out and jump on the boards with us. We're just having too much fun over there. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. I'm thinking about should I show mercy on you? Should I start Benson and show mercy? Or should I start Terrain and really just hammer you down? I don't know what to do. I I don't know. Part of me feels like mercy. Part of me feels like, 
and go ahead and start this, and then just win by ten, twelve points. You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna beat me? No, I know I will. <laughs>